and welcome to Best Laid Plans. This is your host, Sarah Hart Unger, and this is the podcast where we talk all things planning and planning adjacent. Today is a fun Q&A episode, as well as an expanded planner piece segment, because a listener sent me such a large planner piece segment that it almost could have been his own episode, and yet I still feel compelled to share because there's so much gold in it. And I'm also going to start off with a little bit of planner news. So my disclaimer before I begin this news segment is that I don't feel like Best Laid Plans is the best podcast in which to get your kind of hot off the presses, gossipy, juicy planner news. That title belongs to Planners and Wine, a podcast that I love listening to. And so I have to say right off the bat that I got my news that I'm sharing with you all from them. So if you want it first, you should also make sure you are subscribed to the Planners and Wine podcast. The hosts, Meg and Myra, do a wonderful job of dissecting the latest and greatest of what is happening within the planner sphere. And so I love them for that. I just wanted to give them credit. Okay. The very first piece of news I wanted to discuss is that Erin Condren, who created the Erin Condren brand of planners, is no longer an owner in the company. She has completely disaffiliated herself, I'm guessing, with some sort of monetary handover. This all started back in 2020 when she had an act that was abhorrent to many members of the planning community. I'm not going to go into details about what that act was, but there's plenty of information about that if you look it up. And there's even a blog post about it on the Erin Condren site itself because there's an apology and beyond. But all that said, this is kind of the last step as I've seen her kind of retreat off of the face of the company. They haven't shown her face or really talked about her in quite some time. They hired a new CEO. And this is kind of the last step in that separation. And I think it's a really good thing, as do the planners and wine ladies, because it's kind of like making good on the idea that this company has moved forward and that this mistake was something that they weren't really willing to ever fully forgive. And I'm sure that Aaron Condren will go on to do, you know, great things in the design space or maybe start some new spinoff. Who knows? But the company itself has continued to thrive without her. I think their products have been just as amazing or even more so over the past couple of years. So I'm excited for what is to come for the company. And I have been continuing to buy from the company and will continue to do so going forward. My main curiosity is to find out whether there's going to be a name change. A lot of us do refer to the products as EC these days, and I think that's probably been purposeful branding on the company's part, but I don't think they've had any, you know, you still go to erincondren.com to find their planners, so we'll have to see if they end up doing some more, you know, branding changes with this personnel change. All right, that's number one. Number two, actually, I got a question from a listener before I learned the full story and then was kind of moved to delve in a little bit deeper. And the question that came to me from a listener who I'll call C is, I've got a question I hope you or your listeners can help me with. I love and have used PowerSheets for years. However, with the recent acquisition of Cultivate What Matters, makers of PowerSheets by Daily Grace Co., I no longer feel comfortable buying their product knowing a portion of Daily Grace profits directly support their missionary foundation, a religion I'm not part of, and a set of values that do not align with my own. What I love about PowerSheets is the prep work and monthly reflections. I like the Moxie Life system and has used that in conjunction with PowerSheets in the past, but I don't feel like the yearly prep work is compatible. Do you or your listeners have ideas for what I could replace this with? (sighs) Yes. So I delved into this further and I'm guessing that I have listeners who feel different ways about this acquisition. Some people may feel very aligned with the values and are kind of okay with it and aren't really bothered by it. Others, um, and I put myself in the second camp and no offense to that first camp, but I, 
I'm not actually a Christian. I'm Jewish. I'm not a very religious Jewish person, but that is like the background of my faith. I always felt like the Cultivate What Matters brand felt inclusive to me, despite the fact that I knew they were a Christian company. I appreciated that their website really did have a fairly non-denominational feel for most of the pages and that the contents of power sheets were seemed quite neutral from a religious perspective. And so I liked that about power sheets and I enjoyed using them. I mean, they were beautiful. They probably still are beautiful and colorful. But in delving a little bit deeper into this new company that has acquired power sheets, I also don't feel like they align with my values and I just don't feel super comfortable continuing to buy from a company who eschews things that I don't believe in. So I have decided personally that I agree with this person who wrote in that I'm not going to be personally using power sheets anymore. That does not mean I think you're a terrible person if you choose to use them because they are a very unique product. And I mean, to be honest, I wonder about like how consistent I am with my purchasing power because when I buy a pair of shoes, I don't necessarily look into what the CEO's, you know, political contributions are or what that company does. But this one feels pretty in your face. And I've heard some kind of concerning things about comments and questions being deleted from their brand's Facebook pages and Instagram. And that kind of rubs me the wrong way as well. So again, If you choose to continue using them, completely understand. There are some beautiful and unique things about their products, but I will also, like this listener, be moving forward to other alternatives. And I actually love Moxie Life for some things, but I agree that kind of like the overarching goal setting doesn't feel like it's as there for me. Although having used Power Sheets for several years, I'm sort of feeling less like I need as much structure and more like I could probably do a little more DIY. So my personal solution is actually going to be, hmm, I'm kind of circling back to the beginning of this episode. I bought an Erin Condren monthly notebook. You know, they have the months pages and then they have a series of blank pages and dividers for each of the 12 months. I purchased one for 2023 and I'm planning to make it kind of reflective, goal setting, journaling type of notebook where I'm going to do a lot of the similar work and prioritization that I do in the power sheets, but do it a little bit more freestyle. So that is going to be my solution for this year. I think Moxie Life is a great one to consider exploring. Another one that people don't realize how much goal-related stuff is actually in their planners is Hemlock and Oak. There's a lot of vision building and goal setting content in the beginning of their, um, at least their weekly planner. I haven't seen their daily planner. So you can do a lot of that prep in a Hemlock and Oak. Full Focus is another one. You know, they're quarterly planners and every single one of those planners has a place to lay out your ideal week, a ton of goal setting pages, place to, you know, put your priorities for the quarter and like just all these tools that kind of help you set priorities, maybe in a slightly different way than PowerSheets did, but in a consistent way, in a way that works for me. So those are kind of my two structured products that I would probably go to if I were going to pick one myself, it would probably be Full Focus. But I have actually decided to be a little more DIY this year, and I'm also hoping to, in the future, do more of an interactive goal-setting type of course with some of my listeners. So perhaps we can be doing some of this together in the future in whatever beautiful notebooks we choose to do them in. So there we go. All the latest from the planner sphere. As I said, I give 
certainly give Planners and Wide credit for keeping me updated. They also have a segment about their feelings about the Cultivate acquisition in their October 5th episode as well. So you can check that out for yet another take. And I know Amanda's favorites is also going to be covering Cultivate. And I think her feelings are a little bit different, which is totally okay. And again, that's where I feel like we have to continue to respect each other. And I respect those who continue to want to use those products. And I also respect those who are looking for alternatives. Only love and positivity in the planner community, I hope. All right, moving forward, I'm going to share the longest, most special planner piece segment. Actually, I don't want to say most special. They're all special to me. But this one, I just was really amazed. And the reason is because it basically goes through her entire system, which she says is very much Best Laid Plans inspired. And that makes me so happy. And I also see the influence there. But yet, I also see her own touches. So I want to share them with you. Okay, so this comes from R, who lives in Europe, actually in in Wales, which is really, really cool. And she writes, I wanted to share my planning system as so much has come from your podcast and blog. This system evolved after I returned to work after my second child. I have a two and a three-year-old, and my husband and I both work 90% time, which means the kids are only in nursery four days a week, and we take one alternate day off to watch them. We both work remotely most of the time, but have one day of the week in offices, which are far from where we live. So those are very long work days, and we're both in medium stress careers. I couldn't handle the mental load at first and realized we needed a way to share work and manage the logistics of our family before I got really burnt out. So our planning system. For about three years, my husband and I work together from a weekly and monthly calendar from Personal Planner. I've played with different formats and have added all birthdays in so the calendar comes printed with birthdays. We use this for all of our planning and would be totally lost without it. All events and some time-sensitive to-dos go in this planner. By the way, Rachel did include some pictures, which I will share in the show notes. And for those who are not aware, Personal Planner is a very customizable planner. It's a company based in Sweden. I have not done a formal review, but I really, really need to do so because I've referred to them about 10 times and I feel like I need to have touched this product with my actual hands. So I promise in 2023, there will be a Personal Planner review coming up. Okay, back to ours description. She writes, we use the monthly page for planning out bigger events like guest visits. We have a lot of people visiting since we live so far away from California where I'm from and everyone is making up for COVID times. Okay, then she writes that because she's added birthdays to the personal planner, they show up in the monthly and weekly pages, which is really nice and convenient. She writes that she uses a bullet journal style planner for herself. This is where she puts everything she is doing and wants to do. She has a bunch of goals and lists, yearly goals and seasonal fun goals, as well as monthly goals. On Friday afternoon, R lays out her weekend and her following week, both the hard landscaping and the administrative to-dos. She also adds in meals when they've done their meal plan. Yes, she writes, email best laid plans was written in for the week of September 19th, but it didn't get done till the 30th. So this is an example of how she doesn't always get everything done when she writes that she'll do it. And rate R, I totally understand that it's just life. She writes that they also do a little daily plan from the weekly plan, and I'll show pictures of what that looks like. And yet the pinnacle of the system is their family, F-L-O-M, which they refer to the FLOM, the Family Logistics and Operational Meeting. Every Friday, her husband and R sit down and have a meeting where they sit down and review their agenda as follows. They look forward to the meeting because it sets out the whole week ahead, and there's usually beer or wine to make it festive. 
It's a time for them to talk about any upcoming events, family plans, or kid things that they don't get a chance to talk about during the day. Sometimes they'll talk about something during the week, but the kids will need them and they will just write it on their any other business FLOM page. So basically they're setting for their agenda for their meeting ahead of time when they can't fully flush something out during the week and they know they'll get to review it on Friday. Okay, they have specific agendas for this meeting. I love this. The agenda is as follows. Review the week, how it went, specifically the food plan and how are the kids. Look at the week ahead and figure out a food plan, who is cooking when, and update the shopping list. Next item, sports. Check that both of them are getting some time for sports. Next item, social. Check that both of them are getting some time for social. Next item, family. Check that they have some fun family time planned. Then they have nursery cover. Look at the calendar and work calendar and decide who will be on call every day for nursery. They've had periods where a kid has been off a week out of the month, and so they decide ahead of time who will leave work to pick up a sick kid if they get the call and who will take the following days off work. This is genius. That was This would not work for you know my family, so I'm not suggesting this arrangement will work for everyone's family, but wow, how amazing to know that you're either on call or not on call and that that's decided in advance. Shops and driving. Do they need to get anything for the house? Who will go and when? Date of the next meeting. They always schedule the next meeting when they do their meeting. And then any other business, anything that's come up during the week that gets written up on a page and reviewed weekly until complete. And then they even have agendas for a special mid-month FLOM meeting. I don't ever know whether to call it FLOM or FLOM, but whatever it is. A special mid-month agenda and a special end-of-month agenda. And they have all of these written down so they don't forget anything. I'm just like so impressed. I cannot say that we do anything this detailed. But honestly, after reading this, I truly want to. So the basic idea is having this structured weekly meeting with your partner with a specific agenda that you cover and maybe with special agendas for the mid-month or end of the end of the month or special seasonal meetings and just really being intentional about what goes on that agenda and treating it like fun and like it's shared work. It sounds like she is owning this along with her partner and I just love that. They also do like a simple food plan. And then R admits that her day job is an operations manager. Aha, so it all makes sense. The system evolved from the fact that she realized she was helping run the operations of a business, but her family life was feeling chaotic. She writes, I had all the skills to run a household, yet I wasn't using them effectively. I see our FLOM meeting as the transition from a small business owner mentality to a real partnership. We set ourselves up for success support our people, and hope that intentionally approaching our lives will help make them more fulfilling and enjoyable. Oh my gosh, I just love that. I hope I did her description justice. I wanted to keep a lot of it in her own words, but I know it can be confusing when I'm reading in the first person somebody else's comments. So I hope that all came across. I'm just really, really, really impressed at how she's taken some of my ideas and really molded them to systems that work so well from her family. And it sounds like she's really enjoying them and having fun using them and having fun in her life. So thank you so much, R, for sending that in and keep those planner piece submissions coming. Even if they're not that elaborate, I know that we learn from each other and the tools that we employ and how we choose to employ them, which can be really different or really the same. Either way, it's great learning. So keep them coming. All right, we're going to take a quick ad break, and I will be back with some more Q&A. Today's episode is brought to you by PrepDish. Fall can be a hectic time for families. The activities are all happening, schools can be in full swing, and it takes longer to get into a groove. Don't even get me started about shorter days and the impending time change. 
One thing I love using to make my mental load just a little bit lighter is PrepDish. PrepDish does the meal planning for you so you don't have to and makes food prep easier too with strategic step-by-step instructions. I have been loving PrepDish's fall recipes. I've noticed more sweet potatoes and warm spices. The PrepDish team is amazing about keeping things seasonal, fresh, and fun. I find the meals really kid-friendly too, sometimes with modifications, but often as is. I am confident that many of you will love PrepDish as much as I do, and the founder, Allison, is offering listeners a free two-week trial to try it out. So this is a great way to see if the plans will work for you. It may be a great addition as you're working on streamlining those fall routines. So go to PrepDish.com plans to activate your trial. In addition to the super fast menus that I love and use almost every week, PrepDish has gluten-free, paleo, and low-carb options, so there's truly something for everyone. Again, that's PrepDish.com slash plans for your first two weeks free. If you try it, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code PLANS50 to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from protein plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code PLANS50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash PLANS50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane, and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit JennyKane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, I am back and we are going to continue this episode with our Q&A segment. This next question comes from a reader and listener in Germany. She writes, I welcomed my second daughter at the end of July and now have slightly more time than before since I'll be on maternity leave until January. Over the last three years, I have found many great blogs, podcast books, and exercise programs through your blog and the awesome comment section. If you'd be willing to share, I would be really interested in the list of blogs and podcasts you currently follow and how you manage the queue. Yes, I love this question. I haven't shared blogs that I read in a while. I know blogs sound so like 2013, maybe 2008 even, but I still really enjoy reading blogs. As I mentioned, I don't get the same kind of icky feeling I get when I just pull up a social media app. And there have been people whose writing I have read for years and continue to learn from and enjoy it. So I will share the blogs that are kind of high up on my feed reader. I don't subscribe to that many. And one thing I will say is that if you find that a blog or podcast or Instagram account is consistently making you feel kind of yucky or down on yourself, that blog or whatever it is should just go away. These are not people that you have a real connection to in real life. And so if they are only making you feel bad, they are literally doing nothing positive for you in your life and they should be deleted. I hope that doesn't apply to best laid plans, but if it does, I understand you can take it off and move on and I get it. Maybe you'll come back. All right. So I use Feedly to organize the blogs I read just because it's an easy way to keep them track of all of them. And you can even keep items on Feedly or writers on Feedly that haven't posted in like five years in the hopes that they'll come back and then you won't miss anything. But as I mentioned, I have kind of culled my threads every once in a while, so I don't have that many on there. Right now, I really enjoy Cup of Joe. She's a blogger and a kind of team of bloggers based in New York City and just a lot of thoughts on motherhood, parenting, city life. She lives in New York City. I do not live in a city really, so that's kind of interesting to see the differences there. She has a really diverse team of writers, so I really enjoy getting different perspectives from the rest of her team as well as her great writing, so that's one of my favorites right now. I love Kelsey's writing at Rising Shining. She's one of the hosts of the Girls Next Door podcast, which is in my podcast list, but I always like how she shares goals and aspirations and her monthly victories, and honestly, I just wish she would post more. She knows that, so Rising Shining, and I'll put a list, this list, by the way, in my show notes. I have learned of a few blogs through readership and people who have commented really frequently on my blog, and then I've gotten to know theirs, and those include Grateful K, Elizabeth Frost, and Lisa's Yarns. All three of these are working women with kids, kind of similar to my age kids, while Lisa's kids are a little younger, Kay's kids are a little bit older, and Elizabeth's are similar to mine. They live in totally different parts of the world. Actually, all of them live in much colder climates than I do, which is not saying much, but anyway, it's really fun to just kind of follow these normal people's lives. So I really enjoy them. I read A Healthy Slice of Life, which is written by blogger Brittany, and she's kind of a recipe developer, but also shares a lot about her life and family. And I've been following her for probably, could be 15 years now. I mean, like a really long time. She's an OG blogger like me, and I really enjoy her writing. So especially when she, you know, writes kind of just her daily life type of stuff, it's really fun for me to read. I read The Frugal Girl. So The Frugal Girl is a, I think she's Ohio-based, and she has a number of kids. She is now living kind of an interesting life as she has separated from her husband, and she has been really open about sharing about that, but there's still such an air of positivity and frugal tips on her blog as well, so I get a lot from that. 
I do read a few kind of like financial type blogs and some of them along the lines of the FIRE movement, which is financial independence, retire early. My favorite in those, that category is physician on fire. That may not apply to you if you are not a physician, but I find it really fun to read. I still love reading Zen Habits, Leo Babauta's thoughts and musings. Sometimes it can be a little commercial because he's plugging for his own programs, but he still has some interesting things to say. I always read Laura Vanderkam's blog. She's my other podcast host partner. So, you know, we work together and I talk to her all the time and I still enjoy her blog and find out fun things on there. And then lately I've been following some running bloggers, especially Hungry Runner Girl, who's like a near elite or elite runner, like running sub three marathons. And it's kind of like her main job. And she's also kind of an OG blog set. But because I've been more into running, I've been enjoying her blog as well. So all of those are on my Feedly. There are a few others, but those are just a few I wanted to highlight that I thought others might find interesting. All of those update fairly frequently and none of them make me feel bad. So that's awesome. Um, and then podcasts. So I've gone through this a few times recently, so I won't go into too much depth, but I use Podcruncher and I have a weekly ritual of just deleting most of what I haven't listened to. Sometimes if something's really enticing, I'll leave it on there. And I'll just read like the 20 most listened to podcasts on there. They are up first because I listen to it every single day. That's the news podcast from NPR. Organized 365, Planners and Wine, as I mentioned earlier in this episode. All Songs Considered, that's my favorite music podcast. The Mom Hour and Good Inside are like my go-to parenting podcasts. Oh, and also Simple Families, that one as well. I like The Productive Woman, and we're hoping to have a collaboration in the future, so maybe you'll get to hear a little more of her here one day. Edit Your Life, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, who's also been a guest on this podcast. Oh, so has uh, Christine Coe from Edit Your Life, so there's a theme. Pantsuit Politics, I enjoy. Throughline from NPR. The Lazy Genius with Kendra Adachi is always fun. Forever 35 is where I get all my skincare tips. Cal Newport's Deep Questions podcast, I always learn a lot and it's very thought-provoking for me. A number of running podcasts, especially like to listen to these while I'm running. Surprise, surprise. Allie on the Run, Another Mother Runner, Run to the Top, Marathon Training Academy. I will listen to all of them. And then finally, as I mentioned in the last episode, the Getting Things Done podcast, which is like a series of clips and lectures and all types of things from David Allen and his team. And I really enjoy that. So yeah, those are like my most listened to podcast currently. And as I said, I use Podcruncher and I just go through a haphazard delete phase pretty much every Sunday to kind of get me ready for the new week. All right. The next question comes from Amy. She writes, what happened to Hemlock and Oak? Do you still love it or is it not working out for 2023? I know you ordered Hobonichi for next year and I wasn't sure if Hemlock fell below the threshold. She ordered Hemlock and Oak Weekly for next year because she wasn't liking the limited timeline in the Hobonichi Daily. She was debating whether to also order Hobonichi as well, so she thought she would ask. Okay, I still love Hemlock and Oak. I actually kind of had this grand idea that I might see if the A5 Hemlock and Oak fits in the glitter leather Hobonichi cover that I am obsessed with because I think that would be super fun. Although it is a hardback planner, so I'm just not sure how the cover would work, but it might work great. So before I, you know, never say never, it's a pretty roomy cover. I think that may be a really interesting way to combine the two brands. I do enjoy creating daily pages in the Hobonichi, and I was so excited about the English cousin that I decided to order a cousin for this year, and the covers that I ordered also really spoke to me as well. So I did order Hobonichi. I'm planning on using Hobonichi at least for the start of the year, but I still love Hemlock and Oak. I would love to use like 15 planners. I know I can't keep track of that many planners, 
but hemlock and oak would be high up there if I wasn't using Hobonichi, and I wouldn't rule out jumping in and out of it over the course of next year or even trying it in my cover in the A5 size. So there's my answer. All right, next question. This comes from Anne. She writes, oh, this is not a question, actually. This is a best laid plans tip that was used that I just wanted to point out because I was so excited to get this email. Okay, it's from Anne, and she writes, I'm a listener and fan of Best Laid Plans and Best of Both Worlds, and I wanted to reach out as a fellow fan of Apple Notes about a recent suggestion you made, which really helped for a recent trip I took. I'm a lawyer based in the Boston area and have two young kids, and I recently took a trip to Canada and Italy to attend the weddings of two friends. I made an Apple Note for each part of the trip and included all the relevant flight and travel details, accommodation details, links to the wedding website for each wedding, etc. in each note. I also made an album in my Photos app for all the relevant screenshots like boarding passes, Airbnb informations, copies of important documents, etc., which I also found to be really helpful. So I just wanted to say that I have continued to expand my use of Apple Notes for travel. I do exactly what she does, and I actually just put the screenshots directly in Notes because you can kind of do a screen grab and just copy and paste, especially if you're using a Mac. It's super, super easy. So when I get like a rental confirmation from my rental car, I just screenshot that, dump it right in the app, in the Apple Notes, like in the note for that trip. And then I have everything right there. And it has also saved me as well, because when you are in an airport or, you know, in another country and you're relying on Wi-Fi or data to pull up things from your Gmail, well, you just might get in trouble. So I highly recommend this, especially if you're going on a more complicated trip like Anne did. And I'm so glad it was helpful for her. All right, this has been quite an episode. We have covered a lot of ground from some big planner news to an expanded planner piece segment and more. So please keep these questions coming. I'll be back next week with a guest and we're going to talk all things meal planning. So I'm super excited for that. So stay tuned. But in the meantime, have a wonderful week and check out the show notes and pictures at theshoebox.com. T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.